Sometimes you just need to get away. Take a holiday from the neighborhood. No, wait, that's Billy Joel. Actually, Fingers Malloy had work down to do in down there in Orlando, Florida. And I said, I could do some Orlando, Florida, and I've got some work to do in Orlando, Florida. So off to Orlando we went to sit on the deck of a bar and do this for you. As Fingers often says, we do it for you, America. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. That Guys, look, we're just going to set the scene. The weather is gorgeous. The skies are clear. The pool is beautiful. And the cigar is the Padron 1964. Now, the story of Padron is, to me, the story of the Little Hammer. And if you've never gone to it, go to Padron.com. Fingers, I've talked about this story. No, Little Hammer was my rap name in college. Ah, I love this story. And it's all about Jose Padron, and this is how it starts. My dream was to save enough money to open a factory to make great cigars, like the ones we used to smoke in Cuba. Through a lot of sacrifice and hard work, I managed to save $600, money I made working with the hammer. And if you ever take a look at uh, logos, the Little Hammer uh, is on there. You see it in a whole bunch of stuff. They do. We're doing the 1964 anniversary Presidente. The Presidente cigar is a beautiful beast. Uh, actually, I called it the Presidente. Scratch that. The Diplomatico. It's a 7x50 Maduro. 7 refers to 7 inches long. Tee-hee. Always makes him laugh. And 50 is the ring gauge. Uh, the diameter. How thick it is around. Tee-hee. Again, with the laughter. Now, this is a box press right here. This is Nicaraguan throughout. The wrapper, the binder, and the filler. A medium cigar but already hits with, for me, it's so strange that for me, I get spice out of um, a, a Padron, it, out of this cigar. It doesn't make any sense, and I often find that I confuse it with some other uh, flavors. And part of it is because this is a wrapper that is toothy. Now, Fingers Malloy, I thought toothy was your rap name in college. Well, that was uh, my solo project. Oh. Uh, Lil Hammer was a group of three of us and we rapped about our times at Home Depot. <laughs> I don't know. Your, your side rapper gig was like Garth Brooks's <laughs> alter ego. That's fantastic. So Toothy <laughs> is, is a conversation of texture. That's what it's about right there. So when you hear of a Toothy cigar, for example, the Arturo Fuente 858, they will talk about that Cameroon wrapper as, as toothy. It's a texture conversation. When you feel the Diplomatico, this 7x50, it's rough but not gritty. If, if you feel that with your thumb fingers, Malloy, that's exactly what you're going to get. Like it's almost got this basket weave going on, and that's what makes it so unique. That's what they refer to as, as toothy right there. Now, we just started this when, of course, you smoke a cigar. Break it into thirds. First third, second third, and final third is how you, you do it. And those flavors will change. They will move along as you move along with the cigar. We're just into the first third right here. Fingers, what do you think? Well, the spice you mentioned right off the top, um, you know, it's that, that pepper that you expect. And, you know, we've talked previously about, oh, is it white pepper or is it, you know. I can't do it yet. Red pepper. Flakes. I wish I could. I mean, I do this for a living, and I can't yet make a, a distinction sometimes. I can, cha- I can distinguish pepper from spice, yeah, but I cannot distinguish the peppers as of yet. What else are you getting? 
like a, a you know the the obvious tobacco flavor. Um, I'm not getting any real sweetness from this. Um, no cocoa notes or anything like that. Uh, the one thing that I was going to be interested in when we when we lit this up is you brought it up beforehand, and this has nothing to do with you know the sticks in general. You were a little concerned that these may be a little bit dry. So yeah, so when I when I cut the cap and we did it as a straight cut, right? So that's the the guillotine lighter that you're most used to. Um, mine cracked. It cracked down the side. You know, it's a box press, so like down the sema, if you will, on one of the corners. Right. It's not a perfect box, of course. It cracked a little bit. I was like, oh no, but it's not smoking that way. It's smoking just fine. The heft is there, as I, I know, the Padron. The one thing you do not have to worry about with the Padron is construction. And they do it beautifully. And they do it beautifully, I think, on the 3000 and the 4000, right? That's with the brown band, as, as you've often seen it. I, I think they do a great job. I have always thought with the Padron, I get big tobacco at first before I start getting flavor. It's always been uh, the, the way for me. Uh, there is a touch of wood in this. Now, whether some people can give a, a pronounced cedar flavor to it, maybe that's what it is. Uh, I, I like Nicaraguans in the main because I always found them to be earthy, right? I find this to be bigger, much bigger in a lot of ways. And you talked about tobacco flavor. That is absolutely positively where I'm at. That's tobacco flavor. Yeah. What's the matter, fingers? I almost felt like I got a seed. I don't know. I guess it's possible. Wait, are you sure you're smoking a cigar? Right. Those are prizes. Uh, (laughs) No. uh, Yeah, it's... It's it's very pleasant, very easy draw. I haven't had a problem with that. It's burning evenly. Uh, everything you talked about as far as it being a uh, well-constructed cigar, I completely agree with you. Uh, but, you know, we, we always bring up value on the show. Uh, what are we looking at as far as a price point on this so bad boy? So everybody is going to tell you something different. And I have found that with the Padrones, they're the ones that get marked up, marked around all over the place. Have I seen it for 25? Yes. Have I seen it uh, for just around 20? Yes, I have. I've seen it. I've seen it in, in both ways. So f- picture, uh, I find it 20 to $25 a cigar. And at that price point, I'm a yes for this. I think that there is something rather, rather good uh, about the Padron 64. I think that for a lot of people, they feel fine with just the Padron line and they don't need to go that way. And I prefer, and I'm... You want to start a riot? Let's go. I prefer the 64 over the 26. The, uh, the 1964 over the 1926 is a cigar that, 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 that I prefer. It is absolutely, a, a, just for me, a, a more enjoyable enjoyable smoke. Okay, for me, you know, you, you bring up if it's $25 a stick. Uh, that's a little bit more than I normally spend on a cigar, but so far this is completely worth it to me. When you're poolside, yes. on the deck... In Orlando, in February, where we're heard on WDBO. Hey guys, how you doing? Uh, it's worth it. Yes. Now, uh, I'm going golfing tomorrow. I wouldn't take the stick with me on the golf course, even though it is a box press, and that makes me feel a little bit better. Uh, you know, when I'm on uh, the golf course, that it's not going to roll around on me. I can leave it on the cart. Uh, but at twenty-five dollars a stick, that's not going to happen. But I'll, I'll tell you what: at the nineteenth hole. And I know maybe I want to stick around and have a few beers at the golf course after my round. This stick would be great for it. Like you said, we've got a great view here looking over the pool on the, on, uh, the, the patio. Uh, 
and it's a beautiful night. It's probably like 70 degrees out. It's great. I, I definitely think it's worth it. I will also share something in this cigar that's a little different in that it, for me, is producing a lot of saliva. And that flavor is really, really sticking. That wood is a little more pronounced. That tobacco is just working for me. I, I, I think some people would think this more medium full. I think this is just a, a good, good medium. This is the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series. We're, do, we're, we're doing it right, people. We're doing it right. The Diplomatico. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. It's one thing to want to be competitive on value. It's another thing if a fast food place is putting out deals that there's no way to make money on. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. Tony Katz, America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google, Stitcher. Uh, who knows where we are? We're in all of the places. And if you're listening to the podcast already, fine work that you're doing. <laughs> now, this is a Taco Bell story. When's the last time you were at a Taco Bell, Fingers Malloy? Oh, it's been months. When you say months, you mean yesterday. Um, yeah, that's like dog ears, right? <laughs> Taco Bell increasing their value menu options. They're launching a $5 build-your-own-cravings box. Now, it's interesting the way it's, it's kind of written here over at Yahoo Finance. It underscores the fast food industry's digital shift and a need for companies to differentiate themselves in a landscape reshaped by COVID-19. You can choose four menu options, specialty starters, sides, and a drink. And you have up to 18 potential variations. Now, this reminds me very much of a place called Steak and Shake, which is originally Indianapolis-based, and they have this thing, it's like four for $4, and you've seen other places do it. How do you make money at this? How does that work? Well, let's face it. Uh, if you were to break down everything in uh, a Taco Bell menu item, you get like what a, a tablespoon of ground beef, <laughs> you get uh, a flat tortilla, uh, some cheese, some lettuce, some sour cream. Probably about sixty-five cents worth of for of four content. items. Uh, I'm just talking about and one. there's still a labor cost. There's still a, you're not wrong. I, I'm totally agreeing with you that they aren't high cost. Items in the amounts that they're that they're utilized, right? I mean, Taco Bell in, in college, no one got a bean burrito; they got twelve bean right. burritos. That that's how it worked. But doesn't there come a moment of uh, we 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 can't make money like this? We cannot. Isn't there come a moment where there's a race to the bottom? It looks like that's where we're headed, right? right. I, we 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 talked in a previous show about how uh, Coke changed their bottles, or they they offered a new size bottle, thirteen ounces, because people are in the market for maybe a smaller size. I, I just have never been that type of person to for a smaller size soda. In this case, I've never gone to Taco Bell and said to myself, you know what, I'll just have one taco. You know, so so much of this is quantity. How much how much product can we get out the door? So I guess that's how you make the money is you just hope based on this deal that you get a ton of customers coming in and buying a ton of these these uh, these value meals. But so much of the shift feels like it's and not this particular case, but they're trying to get people to go to the app, right? Because you'll get exclusive deals on apps that you you, you won't get just by going to uh, the drive-through window, and that right. happens with me a lot of times. When I, you know, I mention McDonald's a lot, 
always find a deal you, on you the app. You said that with disdain. I, I hate myself so much. <laughs> I talk about McDonald's all the time. I'm so fat. Right? Well, you don't get a body like this by, by eating kale. Kale is terrible. Oh, it is terrible. When there was a romaine shortage because there were issues with romaine and they were making Caesar salads with kale, oh. that was that was a sad moment in American history. I, I used to <laughs> juice. <laughs> I've done a lot of fad diets. I've done the lemonade cleanse, the master cleanse. Did um, it work? Oh, it, it worked great. I lost a ton of weight. Did you ever do felt- the cabbage soup one? No, I've not done the cabbage okay. soup one. But there was a time when I would juice. And when you go from not juicing anything... To juicing a ton of kale and drinking it, it's it's not a good thing. How bad does that taste? Uh, it's it's not the best, but if you add like pineapple and other things, oh, things with sugar. Yes, exactly. How much time do you spend after the smoothie getting rid of the smoothie? Oh, a, a fraction of a second. <laughs> Kale, and then you liquefy it. <laughs> oh, that's just gotta. Have you ever? Like, I, I never. You know, you and I have talked previously how we've tried to lose weight in the past, and uh, I don't. You don't strike me as the fad diet kind of guy. I am not the fad diet kind of guy. You, I, so you've never tried any of the stuff? That, no, no, no. I never tried any of that stuff. I, I said that's. No, I'd rather be like this. I, I, I looked at it, and I looked. So I have to get kale, and then I have to get a blender, and then I'm going to have to wash the blender. No, 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 I'm good. Oh, there's, I'm good, and I just sat on the couch. There is, there is nothing worse. Well, there are plenty of things worse. I shouldn't say that, but it is a pain in the neck to clean a juicer. You make the juice, and then you got to get it's got like a strainer in it. You got to get all the little pieces of kale out of it, and you're there with a scrub the brush. Kale pulp? Yes. And you're trying to get that out, and you got lemon pulp in there, and the whole nine yards. It is a pain in the neck to. So I'm glad I never did it. Yeah, I, but I'm if glad you, I was right on my first theory of nah, it's not for me. If anyone is in the market for a used juicer, contact me on Twitter at Fingers Malloy. I got your hookup. <laughs> you have to post it at eatrixfolkshow.com for sale. <laughs> used juicer, only used three times. <laughs> Properly cleaned. Kind of. Pulp free. <laughs> kind of. Please, please put that on the site. EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Peeps are making their return. The Peeps candies, which were not there for Halloween, they were not there for Christmas, they were not there for Valentine's Day, because the pandemic forced the company to skip them, which I'm still not sure why that is or how that is or for what reason they couldn't make Peeps. Peeps are coming back for Easter because Peeps are Easter. That's the marshmallow that's covered in sugar, which you can also juice. <laughs> in Fingers Malloy's used blender, it does make kale juice taste a lot better. <laughs> uh, I Again, Peeps are not my thing. I'm not interested. I Listen, I, it's one of those things where you have a Peep every year to remind yourself why you don't have a Peep. See, I'm I, not anti-peep. Am I anti-peep? I think you come across as a little anti-peep. Uh, I'm an anti-peepite. <laughs> I, I, it, it's just, I'm not. I guess I'm not a big marshmallow dude. But I get that it's 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 a it's a treat. I never understood why they had to close. Why they couldn't open? Was the factory closed? I guess that was it. I, I guess maybe that was it. But I I don't ever remember seeing Halloween peeps. I mean, I've seen the Easter peeps. I don't even remember seeing a Valentine's Day peep. Have you seen these? I, I, in, in my lifetime? Yeah. No, I've never looked. 
I thought peeps are things you get when you walk into um, a, a drugstore. Yeah. Right? You're going to pick up your prescription for what, whatever it is, whatever the kale did to you. And then it, there it is. It's like it's, it's like the, 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 the candies, the Whitman sampler candies. Right. And then next to it is the peeps. And you're like, oh. And then I walked away. <laughs> Not in any way. Have you ever, so you haven't made a peep s'more? No, I've never made a peep s'more. I got to tell you, the s'more, too much work. <laughs> Maybe that's just how I feel right now. S'mores well, are good. You need to get a s'morematic. You want a s'more, but who has the time? <laughs> Do you, are there any other uh, small kitchen appliances you would like to, you would like to sell? I, I, the hamburger press I used to have was fantastic. It was just big enough for a patty. Do you and still you have sm- it? Uh, not. Uh, I think we got rid of it at one of our 30 garage sales over the past 15 years. Well, we will post it on eatdrinksmokeshow.com, but if anybody would like to trade <laughs> with Figures Malloy, a little tradio, he will gladly <laughs> take something you have for his juicer because he doesn't know if he has the burger maker. <laughs> the George Foreman grill kinds? Oh, I do have one of those. <laughs> They actually worked. Yeah. They actually did. I don't know if it ever drained off the fat, but I made tasty stuff in it. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, Drink, Smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, under the stars, Orlando, Florida. This time around, we do take the show with us, but we never miss. And again, we do it for you. Smoking the Padron, the 1964 Maduro, the Diplomatico, the 7x50, working my way into the second, third. Again, with the idea of, I have smoked so much more than you, Fingers. Holy cow. Look at that. I am, uh, you know, I'm, I'm running the board. I'm, I'm looking at people by the pool. I'm multitasking. Oh, so, so you're looking at people by the pool. Yeah, people. People. By the pool. Were, anybody specific? Uh, just people. Any specific type? Just people. Were you profiling? People. <laughs> swimming with people. That's all I was just looking. You're just good on you. Yeah. Good on you. Alive and well as fingers. <laughs> Malloy. It's a wonderful flavor. It's a wonderful tobacco flavor. And, you know, we used to start with the drink, and now we start with the cigar. So we can really give you the, the story of the cigar all the way through. I have not had a sip of water. I have had nothing since I've lit the cigar up. And I'm just so happy. It reminds me a lot of the Mill DS that we talked about previously right. on the show where it just activates your saliva glands. Your mouth starts watering. I agree with you. I, I didn't really think about it until you just mentioned it. I haven't reached for my water. And we've been smoking this for a good, what, 20, 30 minutes? 30 minutes, right? yeah. I, I, I will tell you that Padron is never in my humidor in mass. It, it isn't. I enjoy it, but I will admit that I enjoy it in doses. So this one right here, this will not be followed by another one tomorrow. This will be followed by another one in about three weeks, mm-hmm. right? That's the way it goes for me. And it's not anything against the, the, the 1964 at all. It's just that I, I enjoy it for what it is. I enjoy it for how it's constructed. But it's not, it is not my everyday. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't have one at least once a month. There. Dr. Katz. Dr. Katz has spoken. It's time, Fingers Malloy, for News of the Week. Uh, well, Tony, you know, we don't normally get into politics here on Eat, Drink, Smoke, but we need to bring this up uh, because we've talked quite a bit about the FDA and regulating cigars. 
uh, Senator Marco Rubio of Florida, who's one of the strongest supporters of cigars in Congress, reintroduced a bill this week seeking to protect, protect premium cigars from legislation by the Food and Drug Administration. Yeah, so, so this is not actually a political story. This is a lifestyle business uh, freedom story. That's really what this is. Are these businesses free to pursue their passions, and are you free to be able to enjoy things that you like? So what, what happens in Congress is that, this is shocking, but it's true, they know nothing. <laughs> and so since they know nothing, what they end up doing is they end up putting cigars, premium cigars, like the ones you and I smoke, and then they take like some little nonsense cigars that are maybe sold in a, in a convenience store, and cigarettes, and vape, and they put it all into the same category because they don't know any different. They don't even want to think about anything different. And so the problem is, is that we all know that the premium cigar is a fundamentally different object. It's art. It's third world nations uh, dealing with a lot of the growing, whether it's Nicaragua or whether it's the Dominican. I'm not trying to be disparaging there. I'm discussing the importance of trade here and how if you take a look at the factories of, of what Padron does, or as you, you mentioned, the Mil Diaz, right? Or at what Ace Prime does. You take a look at what Drew Estate does in Esteli. The jobs they create are massive and incredible. This is the industry that you're supporting outside the U.S. And then in the U.S., the cigar lounge is, is owned by somebody local. Right. It's owned by your neighbor. Right. And that's who you're supporting. So they lump these things in together, and by damaging cigars... They damage the, the small businesses. They damage the mom and pop shops. And those people cannot afford to be damaged. And so that's why it's important to note, and good on Marco Rubio, and of course it's Florida, right? Uh, <laughs> Miami right. and Little Havana. And for example, in Tampa Bay, next door to that is Ybor City, which is known as Cigar City USA. It's, it's of no doubt. Every senator should be signing on to this. Well, it is so frustrating. You already brought it up where they tried to do a one-size-fits-all with regulation. No matter, you know, We'll lump... Uh, cigars together with vaping and cigarettes but also just think about the cigar market for a second you brought it up when it comes to it comes to like gas station cigars where people are spending two dollars and fifty cents for five cigars and they aren't a hundred percent tobacco you know the 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 idea that you can just have a one-size-fits-all regulation for all of these industries is absurd it it is and it comes from it is absurd i agree with that and it comes from their complete and total unwillingness to learn anything, know anything. They decide it's bad and they go down this road. It's one of the reasons I'm a member and they're, they're not a sponsor. Uh, they should be. Uh, I'm a member of Cigar Rights of America. I'm a lifetime member. It's because I, I am a, I'm a believer that this entire industry needs to be treated differently and needs to be at the very best left alone because there's no marketing to children, right? That's one of the big conversations about marketing children. It never, ever happens. You can't, it, it, you, they're not even going to let you in a cigar lounge worth its salt. If you ever saw a kid in a cigar lounge, turn around, walk out. Right. <laughs> right? Well, and they don't put prizes in cigar boxes. There's no Count Tabacula to try to draw <laughs> children in. It's ridiculous that people would think that they are marketed to children. No kid is going to walk into a, uh, a fine tobacco store and say, give me a $25 box press cigar. Make sure we post that story on eatdrinksmokeshow.com mm -hmm. and on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash eatdrinksmoke. And it, it's, it's worth just sending the email and contacting your senator. They'll be surprised that you sent this. 
but it will it will they'll be like hey what's that bill again because they will not have heard of it right. a lot of them won't even know it and it's very very worthwhile and affects us all no matter where we live and that Next. story was from our friends at cigar aficionado okay uh you know we traveled down here to orlando that's right and we went through what you have to go through to get on a plane and we went into the airport i got pulled out of line for a pat down yes that's a true story that's a true story, and I'm here to tell. I don't go through the, the spectrometer thing. I'll go through a metal detector, but I won't go through. What, maybe it's the same word. The one that goes around you and you put your hands up. I'm not guilty of anything. I refuse. That, that, I refuse to go through it. That's called the airport tilt-a-whirl. Is that it? Yeah, that's what they call it. Who knew? Yeah. Uh, Who knew? But uh, what's funny is Tony flies. I mean, he's all decked out. He's wearing a suit. I go through security in front of him. I'm wearing a Harley T-shirt and uh, some sensible slacks, and I walk right through. <laughs> Don't even have to take my shoes off. Oh, like, t- t- can you talk about your hair? What about my hair? Oh, yeah, I got a mohawk, too, on top of it. Uh, and, you know, we, we're... Can I, tell I am perfectly coiffed like a GQ model. Yeah. And they pull me out. So just so you know, profiling is it? Is it, is it? Yeah. <laughs> so the, the reason why I bring this up, uh, this is a CNBC story about travel and how people still aren't willing to travel at this point during the pandemic. Uh, there was a uh, research done, a study was released saying 48% of Americans uh, would give up their job to be able uh, to travel again for a year. And 38% of Americans, get this, would give up sex for a year to be able to travel again. They'd give up sex for a year? 38%. Okay, here's my question. With whom? Right? Is it, is, it, is it all sex or sex with a specific person? Because that, that, could make, that could make a big difference. You're right. A big difference. Right? Are they traveling to the sex? Listen, I, I, I agree with you. I will give up sex for a year with Jennifer Aniston if I could. You're a great American. Yeah. You are. That, that you'll do that for the rest of us? Yes. So we can all travel? It's a cross I'm willing to bear. Ah. Uh, but, uh, but Lisa Kudrow is still in? She's quirky. But it's amazing to me. And look, I understand if you've got pre-existing conditions, you're, you're nervous about traveling. And it is, let's face it, it's a pain in the neck. You and I talked about driving down here yeah. to, to, to avoid the entire ordeal at an airport. But it's, my goodness, having to wear a mask by the time you get into the airport and then on the plane, which, you know, it doesn't have the freshest of air to begin with. And then to get off the plane and still have to get have the mask uh, until you get out of the airport, it's a big pain in the neck. I understand why people don't want to travel. It's a giant pain in the neck. And, and I will tell you, uh, because I work from home, I don't wear a mask to work. And so this is the, this is the longest I have ever worn a mask. Wow. And I don't, I, kids who go to school, I have no idea how they do it. I have no idea how they do it. I have got a new, not a new, it's partially a newfound respect. My God, that is not an, a comfortable feeling in the slightest. We'll get into more of it. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Pandemic over, over, done, finished, finito, kaput. And how in the world would the people at J.P. Morgan even know? It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. Tony Katz, America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy right there. I, I, don't, I don't get where they're, they're coming up with this. And not that I oppose it. They're, they're playing the science, right? They, uh, this is written in Barron's. Barron's.com. The current trajectory of COVID-19 cases and vaccinations implies that the global pandemic could be as good as over in a couple months, according to some J.P. Morgan analysts that include the global head of quantitative and derivative strategy, 
And I swear to you, I had to look that up to see what that means. It means it's smart people who can do math. And they've made the determination that if we go down this road, this many vaccines, this much happening, levels of herd immunity, over and done. Is that the way we feel things are going? I mean, this is the way I want it to go. I well, want it over and done. I, when I first heard this story, I thought to myself, what does this have to do with the actress who used to be on the gong show? What? J.P. Morgan. And then I realized it wasn't the same J.P. Morgan. As Hold on. Hollywood Give everybody Switch. a chance to do a Google search on that and figure out what you're talking. First, they have to search the gong show. <laughs> a little Chuck Barry action. And then, and then they're going to have to search yes. J.P. Morgan. You, you kids Old out man. there under 50, ask Jeeves, J.P. Morgan. <laughs> no, I think this is, I, I'm hopeful this is where we're headed. Uh, my dad is 82 years old, lives right. in Michigan. I have been trying for weeks to get him on the vaccination list up there in Michigan. And... You know, everyone seems to be a different. Every state seems to be in different stages. You know, some some states seem to be uh, getting the vaccinations out quicker and in different order. And it's very strange. In his county, I've seen people who are in their 40s already vaccinated, got right. both doses already. And my dad's 82. He's got a pacemaker. I finally got him signed up, and I'm really happy about that for the first dose. But it won't be until the beginning of March. But still, I, I feel like we're, we're hearing more and more people are getting vaccinated, and it feels like it's trending that way. But April? That would be great. And I, I had somebody say to me today, you know, Tony, you should get vaccinated. And I'm like, I don't think I'm going to cut in line of people who need the vaccination who are older. Well, uh, Tony, you know, people who are, are overweight and your age are more likely to have serious health risks if they get COVID. I said, thank you for calling me fat. I was, was going to say, is this a friend of yours? Uh, well, it was. <laughs> it was. And I said, uh, tell dad I love him. And I hung up the phone. Uh, I, I am not in a rush to get the vaccine. I am not opposed to getting the vaccine. But I'm not in a rush to get the vaccine. And I would feel very odd if, I, if I'm there in line saying, oh, yeah, don't, no, 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 no. She may be 82, but I, I'm... I, I, I have a couple extra pounds, so me first. And I can't bring myself to do that. And by the way, I host a nationally syndicated cigar and bourbon radio show. So give me give me the vaccine. Right. Oh, can I do that? <laughs> can, can you play? It's like the the woman who teaches like like cycling, and was she's like, I'm, I'm a health professional because she teaches <laughs> cycling, and so so give me the vaccine. Then she bragged about it. I, if I got the vaccine, I don't even think I would say a word. I understand. I understood in the beginning where people were out there showing pictures of their little vaccination cards because there are people who are apprehensive about getting the vaccine. But now that we've seen millions of people have gotten the vaccine and, and it, you know, there haven't been too many issues with it. I think I'm going to keep it private too. I just don't. It's like okay, I, I got it, and I know I got it. <laughs> That's all that needs to be known, right? You know, it is weird that there are people who get angry about seeing other people get the vaccine and why didn't they get it? And I think that is a, a real shame. But I only hope these people at J.P. Morgan are right because sometimes you hear the the, the chattering classes doing their chattering, and you're like, how long are we going masks until when? And when, when the restaurants are still shut down and still 25% or 50% capacity and this this is this it's danger on danger oh, schools still aren't open or they are open or and then there's that fight I only hope that they're right and people feel good about getting back 
to a life. I really and truly do. Well, and so much of it is just based on your mindset. I mean, going back to the, you know my 82-year-old father, he has said from the very beginning, I'm going to go out and live my life. Now, if you are apprehensive, if you've got pre-existing conditions, I can completely understand why you're very cautious and you're wearing your masks and you're staying home when you can stay home. Uh, but there are other people that are saying, I'm, I'm embracing my life yeah. and I'm going to live it. And the, so from uh, restaurantbusinessonline.com, uh, you know, 240 billion lost in sales from restaurants, uh, 110,000 locations have closed, but the CEO of Cisco, right, that's a big food service mm-hmm. provider, we believe the independent restaurant customers are fighters. They're doing a terrific job in light of the conditions, and they're dealing with, that they're dealing with to stay in business and it's this belief that the from food distributors, they're bullish on the independent restaurant comeback. Now, here's what's interesting. They may come back because entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs and they right. kick ass, right? <laughs> but they may not come back with the same thing. In our beloved Indianapolis, there have been people who they've lost their place and now they're opening new places. And it's not one, it's a few, but they're new places. It's different concepts. And we've seen in the, in the world of quick serve, whether it's Panera, whether it's Chipotle, they've they've moved uh, to a more digital kitchen kind of what I think is what they called it. More quick serve, less seats, get people out. We've seen Lou Malnati's, the Chicago pizzeria uh, chain. Uh, they're only for to go and only for pickup or, or delivery, I should say, and no seats in them, right? But yet we're seeing some other small uh, restaurant entrepreneurs. Seats and everything. Yeah. So I'm very curious. I mean, I love the spirit. I want them to be successful. So are we going to see restaurateurs who, say, had a, a fine dining restaurant or uh, somewhere where it was, it was dine-in and they decided w- when they come back, they're going to start off small, maybe food truck, <laughs> you know, something that will ease their way back in because there was such a financial strain with their restaurants going out of business that maybe they'll start small and then expand again. So you may see a whole different you know, line of restaurants from these people who had maybe bigger restaurants before the pandemic. I, I hope for the best. I like the, I, I like the, the, the feel, right? Bullish on an independent restaurant comeback. And I don't know if this is based in fact or if this is based on the desire to start a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> right. You tell people everything is, people are coming back, and then the next thing you know, people start coming back, right? There, there is some great truth to that. You know, if you build it, they will come. The field, field of dreams taught us everything we need to know about business. Right. <laughs> Except they didn't. But you get, the, <laughs> you get the, 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 the point. And there are other people, uh, the head of uh, Performance Food Group, talking about the resilience of, of uh, the, the independent restaurants. I hope this is right. I really and truly do because we want to see these people come back and build and grow. It, that's going to be dependent on whether we show up. Right. And whether we show up is dependent on whether cities and states, municipalities, let those businesses serve us. Because I think we, not just you and me, Fingers, but I think we, uh, the people, a lot of us are ready. A lot of us are ready to let them serve us. Well, especially if... if- it does turn out that we're reaching the end of this. If, if April truly is where we're going to start seeing things return to normal, you're going to have people um, decide that they're not as apprehensive going to restaurants. And so maybe there will be this freeing up of, of 
capital, you know, to, to open restaurants. Or, you know, we just, we, we've done some traveling here in the last, you know, week, and maybe people will be more willing to travel, and, and things will start to open up a little bit. It all depends on... It, see, it should all depend on us and say, okay, we're good to go. We understand this virus. We understand risks. And we've decided X. And some people are going to decide not to. Those people are fine. I'm not mad at those people. Those people haven't done anything wrong. Right. They're deciding for them. And that's what I want to see more of. But if the independent restaurateur is deciding, I got a business to run. I have a dream and I'm going to go follow it. Hot damn, hot diggity. I am all... <laughs> about it support those people with everything in you and yeah being done by april would be pretty damn cool (laughs) i would be pretty cool indeed this is eat drink smoke sometimes you just need a classic and i think when we chose the padrone 64 we went with a classic because the name is is a classic the name padrone brings you, oh, we're going to have a a good cigar. Now, sometimes the idea of a classic in bourbon makes you think, oh, that's what my grandfather drank. But the idea that bourbon has to cost, that you have to spend big to get big, is not true. Sometimes it's going to give you exactly what you need. And that's my take on Knob Creek. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, smoke the fine cigars. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. And this is Knob Creek, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. This is just the simple and easy. Admittedly, it is the small batch. And Fingers Malloy, put your hands together. It is 100 proof. Anything 100 proof or higher gets the applause from Fingers Malloy. Now, when we do a bourbon, we always start with it neat. We then decide whether they're going to bring it to a big rock, add a little water, or add a cube. I get asked this question a lot about whether or not, you know, that's, I guess, acceptable is, is the word that people use. And the answer is, yeah. As a matter of fact, water may be very much a, a, a mandatory in, in a way of opening things up and really seeing where a lot of those flavors are. Well, especially when you get into a higher proof bourbon, and we've done 130 proof before, put a little bit of water in there, you know, it it, it does a lot to the, the flavor, and, and, and in some cases it'll tone down <laughs> that and high proof. in some proof. cases it'll bring things out right. in, in a big way. It, it's kind of incredible. Now, this is, is the, the Knob Creek, as we said. It is 77% corn, 13% rye, 10% malted barley. And to be a bourbon, of course, it has to be 51% corn. It can, it is, uh, the juice is put into a first-use charred uh, American oak barrel and can only be diluted with water to bring down the proof. It has to go in the barrel at a certain proof, out of the barrel at, at a certain uh, proof. This has a really, to me, delicious, delicious nose. It really, it really does. It, this, it, this nose is, has got a nice bit of caramel. It's got a, this lovely sweet. And, and it has, that's marshmallow. Yeah. Right? And so it has taken, we, we've been doing this show uh, as a podcast and a radio show for two years. And it has taken really that long of study to be able to kind of pick that out. Like, okay, it's sweet, but what is it? Sometimes I get a sweet and it's almost like a marzipan. And marzipan is a very specific kind of a sweet flavor. 
It's marzipan fingers. I'm just a regular blue-collared Joe, Tony. You bring up all this fancy stuff like marzipan and Splenda, and I have no idea what this is. But where, where do I find marzipan? Mar, uh, you find it in, in, your, in your grocer's freezer. You, <laughs> you, but you know marshmallow. I do, tell yes. me that's not it. Yes, tell I, me that's yes. it. It is a delightful, delightful nose. It's it's just hitting well. It's hitting easy. I wouldn't say that's an overly complex kind of thing that we've got there. Now, when we uh, do this, we we do it neat, and then as as I said, we can move it around. Are you ready, Fingers Malloy? Are you ready? Tony? Yes, sir? I've been ready for this all day. You can't be angry. We're in Orlando, Florida. That's where we're, we're coming to you from uh, today. We had some work to do. We came down, figured, enjoy it. We're sitting on the deck of a fantastic bar overlooking a, a, a pool. And, and, and life is, is good. So, so you know what? Don't, don't let the day bother you, baby. I'm, I'm very passionate about radio, Tony. I'm very passionate about radio, and sometimes when things don't go exactly the way I thought they would go, I get a little worked up. Okay, admittedly, we had a couple technical issues, you know, being in the new location, things like that. But here you are with a Padron 64 Diplomatico in one hand and a Knob Creek in the other. The level of jealousy people have towards you right now, and and he's complaining, guys. He's complaining. So make sure you go to the Facebook page, facebook.com. Uh, slash eat, drink, smoke, and let him know what you think of his complaints. Well, and I don't want to rub it in. On top of all that, I look really good right now. <laughs> Is that a new shirt? Is that a new, new Harley-Davidson yeah. shirt? And you know what? I ironed it. You did? Yeah. It looks and good. it shows. Take a sip. What do you think okay. of the Knob Creek uh, right here? This is the small batch. He's giving it a, a shot. He's taking a little sip right there, moving it around uh, the tongue, doing the Chattanooga... Uh, <laughs> Okay. It's actually referred to as the Kentucky Chew. The Memphis Munch. Uh, listen, uh, it's 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 The Saginaw so Swish. <laughs> oh, very nice. Shout out to my hometown. Much love, much love. Uh, listen, uh, there's vanilla on the palate. Uh, you, you, it's, it's very sweet. The caramel's there. Uh, you know, you get the, the oak on the palate. You would never know this is a hundred proof, Tony. No, a slight sting on the tongue. Right. No burn. It's delightful. All right, I'm taking my first sip of water in over an hour. That's crazy. I mean, that's how good the cigar has been. Hold on. Mm. All right, the palate is cleansed. Um, I'm doing it. I'm taking. I'm taking a sip. Okay, there you go. To your health, everybody. Mm. He's 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 in. He's all in. That hits harsher than the nose. That hits harsher than the nose. This is a very non-syrupy bourbon. It goes down super smooth. There is no burn. There was just a little bit of movement on on the tongue in terms of just a little bit of a, not even a sting, just I know that it's there. Uh, The the heat is resting mid-chest right now. That is sweet, sweet, sweet. With just this, this good, there's this, there's, there's this, there's this monotone heat coming, monotone spice, not heat, monotone spice that's coming, that's lingering mid tongue, which is kind of, kind of fun. This is a, this is to me begging for a chip, begging for an ice chip. Um, but that's easy. You know that's what's easy? And so much of this too, Tony. I've talked about this previously. Is seasonal. 
you know, uh, there are times where we'll be sipping on a bourbon, you know, at Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis, and it's, you know, 20 degrees outside, and it feels very fall or, or, or winter in that case, and I don't want to put it on a rock. But we're in Orlando, mm-hmm. and for some reason, the mindset for me changes where, yeah, I think I would like it a little bit chilled. I'd like it on a rock, uh, but this is it's not something that of, needs it. It's got a lot of autumn flavoring, right? Because it, it feels a little bit like fall, right? Because, it, it, you know, we've got temperatures in the 60s right now. We've got a little breeze going. So maybe you need a light jacket. Uh, it, it, it feels uh, that, that kind of way. That finish, is, that finish is just nice, right? It's not playing too big. It's, it's certainly not, you know, not, not strong for being 100 proof. If, if you think 100 proof is strong, I know a lot of people are like, 100 proof. Uh, that, that ain't nothing, kids. Let's go to work. I make moonshine in the bathroom. 100 proof is absolutely nothing. Um, but it is, it is that simple and easy. And I know, Fingers, you're a value guy. The MSRP is $35. Outstanding. It should be in your liquor cabinet. And the other thing that is great about this, I mean, sometimes we will uh, uh, do a review on something that may not be available all over the country. You're going right. to find Knob Creek everywhere. And Knob Creek, you will never be afraid to use that in your Manhattan. No. Right? To you make the mixed drink out of it, you are never, ever going to feel bad. It just, oh, man, that works right now. And it could just be the whole scene. But it works just nice. Just nice. You're, 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 you're going to be happy. You're going to be happy, and you can. You got a few friends over. You're, $35 is a fine way to go through a whole bottle. The, the, the Knob Creek uh, right there. It's the Jim Beam Distillery, uh, in case you wanted to know. Uh, check it out for yourself. The small batch. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. To take advantage of the at-home craze, right? Everyone's at home and everyone's drinking at home and they're ordering their liquor from home and they're trying things and they're learning how to be mixologists. Pepsi is launching a line of cocktail mixers. Tea, drink, smoke, everybody. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you're not already listening. Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever fine podcasts are sold, That make sure you subscribe. And if you're already listening to the podcast, tell a friend. If you don't mind, smart move from Pepsi. Absolutely smart move. The brand is called Neon Zebra. They're aimed at 21 to 34-year-olds. They come in a can. That's the line of mixers. Now, what's smart about this is two-fold fingers. Number one, it makes it easy for people to, to do a thing and, and, and have some fun and, and really and truly enjoy it. The other thing is, how often have we discussed the... The growing trend of non-alcoholic drinks in younger generations. It's just what they want. It's what they do. I'm wondering if someone's going to add a little bit of uh, club soda to this. And they're, it's homemade White Claw, right? It's Aww. homemade. It, 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 why not? Why not? Notice they didn't go the hard seltzer route, right? Immediately because it's Pepsi. They're going, they're going uh, this route. I think it's, it's super smart. The CNBC story... Um, says by 2024, 7% of U.S. total off-trade beverage alcohol volume will come from e-commerce, which is people, of course, buying online. And in the 52 weeks that ended February 13th, great data, U.S. consumers have spent $304 million on cocktail mixers. It's up 36%. In 2019, it rose 1.2%. People mm. were home, a lot of time, no commute, 
totally bored. What am I going to do with that extra 15 hours a week? I'm going to have me a drink. Okay. This two, is great. Two things. Uh, first of all, you know what's a great mixer, Tony? Ice. You're, you're such Ice. A, you're so angry and bitter. Ice. Come on. But you've got uh, Neon Zebra. That's quite a name, by the way. Neon Zebra. That that's I, I don't know. Am I missing something? Is, is that got, hitting you in a way that's like, oh, Neon Zebra, that's that makes me think of a mixer. It's it's fun. It's upbeat, right? It's colorful. You've got the margarita mix, strawberry daiquiri mix, a mojito mix, and a whiskey sour mix. And uh, a slice mix <laughs> and a crystal Pepsi mix. <laughs> no, and, no, no, it's, no. It's not. But Pepsi's this is uh, Another thing that Pepsi has done uh, that is is interesting. We did a story what about a month ago where pizza was uh, uh, Pepsi was teaming up with uh, some other company. There with Beyond Meat, yeah. and they were going to make certain flavors of plant based beverages. Yes, yes, uh, pro- plant based protein beverages. I, whatever it was, it turned me right off, and I tried to forget about I, it no, as quickly it was, as it possible. Was, it was plant-based beverages, from what I remember. And, and, and you know, here we are again with Pepsi kind of branching out and doing something different. And the plant-based beverage made sense because Pepsi has the distribution. Yeah. So uh, that merger, uh, you know, of, of, of two different products, that made a lot of sense. And this makes a lot of sense, too. Uh, you know, you, you're not going to make... A strawberry daiquiri at home without some sort of mixer, right? You're not going to go to the the local farmers market and grab some strawberries and and try to do anything right. like that. So, uh, I, this makes sense. Whiskey sour. I'm not a huge fan, but you know, if people who are in the market, let's go like let that, them try things. Yeah. And, I, and I like and I like that fact. A 7.5 ounce can should make two cocktails with three ounces of spirits added to each drink. Three ounces of spirits. Is that right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, about a shot. I always thought a shot was an ounce and a half. I guess it depends on the... Sh- oh, I'm sorry, Fingers. I forgot who I was talking to. I want to apologize to you and to Fingers and to the family of Fingers Horatio Malloy. That's his middle name. People don't know that. Um, yes, three ounces. It's a small drink, Fingers. Yes, but it's, uh, good for Pepsi and good for uh, people who... Because it does make it convenient, right? Instead of buying like this big two-liter bottle of mixer to have these cans that you could put in your cooler along with you, you, whatever a liquor that you have and just be able to mix it really quick. It, it is a really uh, smart idea. It's a good idea. Mojito. Have you ever had a mojito? Uh, my wife is crazy about mojitos. With the mint and everything, it loves, it loves, it loves, it loves, it loves, it loves, it loves the mojito. It, it, it's, it's upbeat, it's, it's, it's refreshing, that's a good summer drink. And it seems to be a very popular drink with the brunch crowd. Like, oh, I'm going to have my brunch with a mojito or a, uh, a Bloody Mary, you know, that kind I've of thing. I've never gotten into Bloody Marys. It's the, it's the tomato juice. I can't do it. And I love the fact that a Bloody Mary, it, it's tomato, like, all right, I'm doing the poor man's version. It's tomato juice and vodka. Right, in, in, in the main. Then you can add some Tabasco and, and some Worcestershire. And then an entire <laughs> leg of fried chicken. Right? Like, there's nothing you can't put. You can put a whole cheeseburger on top of a Bloody Mary, and that's considered acceptable. Oh, it's crazy. You go to some of these uh, bars where they'll have the Bloody Mary bar, and you look at someone walking away, and it looks like a beverage salad. Right. I mean, there's 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 pickles, there's olives, uh, there there's kale. I, I don't know. I'm not a Bloody Mary guy, but it's amazing what people will mix with the Bloody Mary and find it enjoyable. I tried because I really, I love the idea of it. I can't I can't make one that works. If you have a good Bloody Mary recipe that you think I could try that doesn't emphasize the tomato juice, well then that's then, just a Mary. 
no, I don't. I don't mind that's in there. I just don't want it to be the overpowering flavor. Uh, Facebook, Facebook.com/slash/eatdrinksmoke. Uh, let us know. I would. I would. We sh we have never done Bloody Marys. M maybe there's one out there. Maybe there's a recipe out there that that would make me happy. Maybe there's a, a a Bloody Mary out there that'll work. Well, and our audience won't let us down because we got the whole uh, the dip recipes, the Rotel dip. Which people are still talking about. Still talking about. Right. The streaming services are coming on strong. And the biggest one right now is Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus is making moves because what happened is they have a show called Yellowstone. And Yellowstone is with Kevin Costner. And Yellowstone is in, it's, I think it's on its third season, took off like a rocket ship and is crazy, crazy popular. And the, and the, the views, the settings in Montana... Gorgeous! It really is. The cinematography in that show is exceptional. Well, one of the things Paramount Plus is putting out is Frasier. Kelsey Grammer is coming back as the character Frasier Crane. I think the whole cast is back. And they, it, remember, it did an 11-year run, and then he was Cheers before that. The character Frasier Crane is the longest-running character, I think, in TV history, maybe outside of The Simpsons at this stage of the game. And they're coming back to do uh, the show, it's going to be on Paramount+. Plus. Yeah, people are going to watch. Absolutely people are going to watch. Look, I really enjoyed Frasier, and of course Cheers was brilliant. Uh, but does this also say something about how Hollywood has completely run out of ideas? I So, I mean, I think that's the right question. Um, I think that what Hollywood may have run out of is, well, what's safe? What can I do? Frasier is safe. It is a tested, true brand. So why not go back to that well? And it could be that they're seeing that the people who are utilizing streaming services are of an age, are, are Gen Xers and, and above, right? My parents have finally cut the cord. My father's 83, my mother's 73. They've cut the cord and they're using streaming services. So they, they know where they're marketing to and clearly it is not to a millennial or a Gen Z or whatever they call that generation uh, set, right? So people are going to watch. I'm not, I, I, mean, I was interested in Paramount before. I'm more interested now. This right here, this is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, Drink, Smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. The Knob Creek Small Batch 100 Proof. I've got one cube on it that has... A fully uh, diluted, a little more of the oak, a touch more of the spice. It's a nice, easy bourbon, man. That's the only way I could describe it. There are bourbons absolutely that work more for me, that have a lot more uh, play to them, a lot more complexity to what the oak has, has given it. But at $35 a bottle, on a night like tonight where we're broadcasting uh, here in Orlando, we're sitting out on, on a deck overlooking a pool, uh, smoking uh, the Padron 1964 Maduro, uh, the Diplomatico, uh, and and this bourbon, just right because it feels the, the bourbon feels like fall. It is working with the cube. A little more harshness uh, for me on that, but I'm dipping the, the new fingers. But but just lovely and absolutely working all day. Every day in your liquor cabinet, especially at that price. This is not a one-trick pony. We, we went over the, the complexity, the layers of flavors on, on, on the nose and on the palate. 
This is definitely something that should be in your liquor cabinet, and it pairs very well with a cigar. And apparently there's a pool. I didn't even notice there was a pool. You didn't notice there was a pool? I didn't notice there was a pool. A lot of people at the pool. Yeah. A lot of of people to look at at the pool. Have you looked at any of the people at the pool? There are people at the pool? Uh, Ah. I love it when you're paying attention. (laughs) People people swimming in a pool. During these times, it's fantastic to see. It's time right now for news of the week. Well, Tony, we talked about regulation in the last hour when it comes to cigars. Uh, Well, recently, two of Kentucky's six members of the United States House of Representatives, Democrat John Yarmuth and Republican Andy Barr, announced that they're renewing the Congressional Bourbon Caucus. Absolutely right. Absolutely smart. Now, this ties into a very cool story from Indiana. The Indiana story is there is a state senator who wants to set through an act of the state rules for rye now indiana does first of all you know that bourbon does not have to come from kentucky that's just not the way it is bourbon is the american drink bourbon is uh congressionally stipulated right uh even things like bottled and bond which is about uh bourbon from the same distillery from the same growing season distilled in that same uh year that that right all those kinds of rules i think i said it right there I, if I didn't, you, please don't yell at me. I think I said it right right there. But these are congressionally stipulated things. So this rye conversation is about the idea of putting Indiana rye on the map. And if you don't know, in southern Indiana, there's a distiller called MGP. And if you don't know the name, you've had the juice because they make bourbon and rye for a lot, a lot, a lot of people. People don't know that I actually have a rye called Recovery Rye. It's a rye whiskey that is uh, only sold in Indiana. And we created it uh, to raise money for hospitality workers who have been out of a job because of COVID. So it, it, we provide the money to something called the Indiana Restaurant Lodging Association. And they give grants, $500 grants, to anybody in the hospitality industry who has been impacted who needs a couple of bucks. And we've raised... I think at this stage we're over twenty thousand dollars. That's outstanding, and it, it, I'm thrilled with with it. And we worked with a, a, a great dis, uh, uh, distributor, and they worked with MGP to help put this together. And so it's called Recovery Rye, RecoveryRye.com. You can only get it in, in in Indiana. I'm sorry, it's a smart move because it allows you as a marketing tool to push this. Now, usually I'm not the guy who's like, "Hey, we we need a law," right? <laughs> that that's not it. This is a marketing play. Right. So as we know, like you'd have to be two years in the barrel in order to be a straight rye, like straight bourbons. Right. That, that has to do with time in the barrel. So this is smart. Something like this I love because it allows people to engage in certain acts of bipartisanship that we certainly don't see enough of. Right. right. Not to get political, but we all know it. Right. Let's not pretend that it's not true. And it is so much a trade conversation, a how you grow business conversation It's so unbelievably important. Remember, it's bourbon. This is farming, and this is this is art, and this is this is big, big business. And just like we've talked about, how in Kentucky they're allowing uh, e-commerce sales, yes, right on on bourbon, which is so important. This is this is just good. It's just a good story. It's very proactive too, because you know we talked about in the previous hour how the the cigar industry, the premium premium cigar industry, it feels like sometimes they're under attack. Uh, with federal regulation, when you have congressmen from a state uh, like Kentucky that so much of their uh, economy is based on bourbon, uh, to be able to be proactive and try to educate the membership on bourbon and try to maybe halt 
future regulation on the industry. I think it's a very, very smart move. But even bigger than the business itself, this is about tourism. Mm -hmm. The bourbon trail is a thing. If Indiana can create a, a rye trail, uh, that's, right. ex that's excellent. It's just it's just absolutely smart. I want to ensure that people outside of Kentucky can be a part of it, right? Can be a part of, of something like this. First thing I've seen from Congress in a while that I like. Next. Well, something else that we like, Tony, uh, you know, we, of course, are all over Texas. Eat, drink, smoke. Yes. The radio program. Uh, and Whataburger is huge in Texas. You talk to a Texan, Giant. they're like, Religion. love Whataburger. You got to have Whataburger. Take you to Whataburger as soon as you get off the plane. We got to go to Whataburger. Whataburger is starting to creep up north. They just announced they are going to open their first restaurant in suburban Nashville. They are entering uh, entering Tennessee, and uh, so, so road trip. Yes, so people should get excited if you have gone to Texas, if you've gone to the South, and you've had a Whataburger, but you've always thought to yourself, "Oh, it's never going to come up north." They're starting to creep up north. So you know, you know, we record very often at Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis, and they've got locations in Houston, and they have locations in Pittsburgh. And they have a location in Nashville. So, yeah, road trip is absolutely happening. One of the very curious things going on, and you should see where you live if, if this is happening. Of course, we know that 110,000 restaurants, and it's more at this stage, have closed because of coronavirus. But there are restaurateurs that have reopened new places. They're not giving up at all. They've got the spirit. They've got the drive. And there are new places that are starting to open. It, it, it's such a fantastic story of resilience, something yes. that, I, that I love and adore. And so make sure you're, you're, you're supporting them. Good Now, Whataburger's a, a big company, not, not the biggest company, but certainly a big company. They see opportunities to grow and build. You've seen In-N-Out Burger, which is, of course, a California uh, concept. But, of course, they're in Vegas. They're in, uh, they're in Texas. Uh, they're growing, too. This, this is a, a smart, good plan. Have you been to Whataburger? Yes, I enjoy it. I have never been to a Whataburger. I, uh, All the times I, we've been to Texas, a Texan hasn't immediately driven you to a hold Whataburger? On. Hold on. I've been to Texas four or five times in my life. You have been possibly more than me. No, I've gone down for South by Southwest. I drove through Texas uh, once on my way. Uh, I, I left college, and I went from Phoenix, Arizona, Arizona State. I'm a Sun Devil. I didn't graduate. So am I an alumni? I don't know. They're not asking me for money, so I'm not an <laughs> alumni. And I, and I drove. I, I moved to Tampa. So I did that. I have not been to a Whataburger. But I'm willing to make the trip for you and for America. For me. Not for having a quality cheeseburger. No, I'll do it for you. Oh, thank you. I'll do it for you. You're the best. Next. Well, sticking with uh, the restaurant theme, Tony, uh, Crave Hot Dogs and Barbecue. It's uh, a hot dog and barbecue joint. Uh, first of all, I enjoy a hot dog. Now and again, uh, they're expanding. And what's interesting about it is Crave is working with a beverage system partner called Pour My Beer to offer self-serve beverage technology to allow you to have self-serve beer. You can walk up to the tap and pour your own beer at the restaurant. You'll never leave. <laughs> they might as well get you a room. They should, it, should, it should be a B&B. Hot dogs, barbecue, and self-serve beer, Tony. My issue with hot dogs is that I don't understand how that's a business. And I say this because at Costco, it's a buck fifty, Right. And so I don't understand the idea of $7 on a hot dog blows my mind in a way that is irrational. But I have no problem with a, with a hamburger. It shouldn't bother me. It, I shouldn't even, it shouldn't even be a thought. But the idea of a $7 hot dog is more than I can handle. Uh, I've... 
I've bought a $7 hot dog before. My big thing is, you know, I don't know what it is about a hot dog. I can have a quarter pound hot dog and a quarter pound burger. I'll be filled up with a quarter pound burger, but the hot dog, it's like I got to have more. I don't understand what it is. It, it, right? The two. You have to have two hot dogs. Right. Otherwise, you didn't have a hot dog. It's, it's, it, I, I'm, t- I'm totally, totally with you there. And then there's the question of, is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes. It's, oh, yeah, yeah. This is he drink smoke. Now, Fingers, I have mentioned to you before that in my life, I've only been drunk one time. I have only, don't look at me like that. Me too. <laughs> Today, it's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is Fingers Malloy on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eat, Drink, Smoke. Instagram, Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast. Be sure to like and follow and do all the things. The people, uh, this, this is from uh, a story over at radio.com from KLUV. Scientists confirm that beer goggles is way more effective for men than women. Fingers Malloy, do you agree or disagree with this groundbreaking scientific discovery? Was this on uh, duh.com? Is that where we got the story? (laughs) Did I hear that correctly? So you brought this up a couple months ago. We need to create a site called duh.com. Which has all the absolute most ridiculous, of course this is the answer story, of course beer goggles is more for men than for women. There's no, there's a debate on, on, on this. We needed a study. Uh, it, and so there's a, a doctor that explained the facial attractiveness index, which is they refer to as beer goggles, way more effective for men uh, than it is to women. Women found men a bit more attractive, but men found women a whole lot more attractive. Uh, by the way, uh, this doctor is on TikTok. So it's a TikTok doctor. He took to TikTok. <laughs> TikTok I don't know, doctor. I don't know if that's where he got his degree. <laughs> TikTok <Right>? University. <laughs> How many people walk into their doctor's office? Well, I've got this problem, and so I did some research. I know it's this or that. That's called Dr. Google. Yes. And Dr. Google is not a replacement for med school. I just want to be right. clear. Any bartender could have told you this. I used to tend bar in the 90s and I would watch guys and they would have some drinks and they wouldn't be looking over at a crowd of women and then all of a sudden right around 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning all oh, they're, they're all, they, they find love and I don't know if they're finding love at what they're seeing or they found love in the glass and it transferred to what they were seeing. But I again, this is duh.com material. Now, the reason that, that, that has never happened to me is that at midnight, I'm like, okay, I'm done. I am done at midnight because if I'm at a bar, because there's nothing good that can happen after midnight. There is no, everything's going to go downhill. There's going to be a problem. That's when there's going to be an issue. I have never closed a bar that I didn't own (laughs) or work at ever, ever, ever. I've had a lot of good things happen to me closing (laughs) a bar down, so I completely disagree with your thesis. (laughs) Uh, do you, have you had the beer goggles thing happen to you? Wow, that's a lot of silence. I, I That's an insane amount of silence as he figures out which story to tell us. Can we get back to the Pepsi mixers for a second? We <laughs> cannot. We cannot. I, Tony, yes. am much more concerned about the depth of a woman. 
what 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 ticks on the inside, not TikToks, but TikToks ticks on the inside. The whole thing about the outer shell uh, that doesn't matter, Tony. It's the soul. It's the personality. That's what matters. Yeah. Uh, there's no. You know, what? I'm just gonna leave it to you guys. You guys can 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 decide how how much fingers is not telling us just by that story. As you know, Eat, Drink, Smoke could be called Eat, Drink, Smoke List. Yes. Because we love a good list. From the people at Eat This, Not That, it is the five best-selling chicken sandwiches in America revealed. Great headline, guys. Great (laughs) revealed. So they've had this under a cloak of darkness, ready to share it with America. Right. And then right there, it's like, here it is. It's like Elon Musk showing a (laughs) Cybertruck. It was revealed <laughs> to uh, the, the, the world here. Uh, this is it. Of course, number one is Chick-fil-A. And we're talking about the... It's fried, right? That chicken sandwich is fried, isn't yes. it? Yeah. I've never... Full disclosure, I've only had the grilled chicken sandwiches at, 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 at uh, Chick-fil-A. Why, Fingers? Yeah, why, Tony? Uh, yeah, you're, you're right, I'm wrong. You're right, I'm wrong. Well, That's no, well, we've true. done... We did a... Uh, Taste test. Way back in the day when we first started the podcast, Eat, Drink, Smoke, we did a taste test of, they had the chicken minis, you remember? And those were- Oh, yes, we did. Yes, we did. The mini chicken sandwiches, and those were breaded, Tony. And then we also did a taste test of Popeye's fried chicken versus KFC uh, fried chicken. We did that well as well. Uh, Popeye's is number two on the list, but that's a real fried chicken, real deep uh, breading. That, that's why you go to Hooters <laughs> Listen- for the breading. Oh, well, uh, he goes to Hooters for the breading and to see into the soul of a woman. That's I, why he goes to Hooters. Listen, I, I'm, I've got many years experience knowing <laughs> when I walk into a Hooters and the waitress comes up and says, oh, you're my favorite customer. I can tell her. Just, I'm like, oh, yeah, just give me the chicken, please. Can we, can we stop with a small talk? Wait, has, a, has a Hooters waitress said that to you? Before? Oh, they say it to everybody. Of course <laughs> they do. I don't care about the scenery. I Give me just give me a bowl of Hooters chicken breading, and I could eat that. And the a spoon? Bread, oh yes, or I a would ladle? go to a ladle. I would go to town on that. Uh, but a lot of people are not into breading. You get a Hooters chicken wing, and you get a drumstick, and sometimes it'll be the size of your fist, and it'll be nothing but breading, and it's it's outstanding. I'm a health nut. No. <laughs> Number three on this list is is McDonald's. And the best is when you see the picture. The Popeye sandwich is the size of your face. The bun is huge. The chicken breast with all the breading is just gigantic. There's some, some I think it's a little pickle lettuce under there. You can see the mayo. The McDonald's sandwich just says bread, slab of chicken, some pickles, another bread, done. It, it looks sad. <laughs> it looks sad like somebody didn't pick it. It, again, got picked last for kickball. In elementary school. <laughs> Wendy's is number four. And I want to say we did this story. Burger King is number five. Burger King has a chicken sandwich? Burger King has a chicken sandwich? I didn't know. I didn't know that Burger King has a, has a chicken sandwich. I didn't think that was possible because I thought when it comes to Burger King, you go to Burger King for one reason and one reason only. It's to get a sandwich that has slop for toppings all over. And it's fantastic. You bite into a Whopper. You don't even have to chew it. You just tilt your head back and it'll slide down the gullet. The only reason to go to Burger King is for the onion rings. And End of list. End of li- Now, admittedly, it's been two and a half decades <laughs> since I've <laughs> since I've been... 
to a Burger King. We talk fast food and I don't go. I, I'm, I'm doing this all wrong. Well, I pick up the slack for you, Tony, you. which is nice because sometimes I will visit one of these fast food establishments twice in a day. Just for, but I do it for the show. That's what I do it for. WXOW.com. Man begins beer diet for Lent. Now, I'm Jewish. I can't say that my expertise in, in Lent is, is, is deep. Uh, I don't know, and I've heard these stories before. I don't think this is what you do for Lent, right? The time, you know, between Ash Wednesday and Easter. I uh, Listen, correct me if I'm wrong. Fingers Malloy is the theologian of Eat, Drink, Smoke. It's true. Uh, I, I don't. I, I am an ordained minister, as we all know. I can, you know, I, we both are. We I, are both ordained to, to uh, perform weddings. So if you ever want to eat, drink, smoke wedding ceremony, you contact us. We, we could do a tag I team. don't know if I'd ever do it again. I, no? did, I did it for a friend, and he said, look, younger guy, really, really good guy. And he said, we, we, we want to have, we're, we're getting married, and we know what we want. And we're spiritual, sure. It's not necessarily religious, and we've been looking for somebody to perform this, and would you do this for us? Right? We work together, and, and I kind of helped him with the start of his career, and now he's doing great. If you, if you heard the name and you're into sports, you'd you, you know the dude on, on the talking about sports, not, not the playing side. And I had to think about it. I met with him and his wife. I met with the families. It took me, it took me a month, a month of thinking on it, to decide to do it and I did it and I, I'm glad I did I just don't know if I could ever do it again um, you would do it again oh yeah well there's only two uh, proper ways to start a wedding ceremony either with a knock knock joke right or Webster's dictionary defines marriage as da 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 that works brings it home the Knob Creek small batch is what we're drinking and it's working great and the Padron 1964 the Diplomatico it, uh, it, w- it worked all the way through. Uh, that tobacco kept moving. A touch of leather in there. It really worked well to the end. Took about an hour and 50 minutes to smoke. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke.